Greetings, everyone. This is Gogo Tule, and in today's episode, I'm just going to go right into sharing um, differently than the regular structure of the podcast and invite my sister Gogoli Kaya Esima to also add her voice to the disparities that we see as traditional African healers in America. The few messages asking how I'm doing and how I can be supported has allowed me to sit and process what it feels like to answer that question at this moment. I am well grounded, safe, and though there have been a lot of emotions in the air, I feel a sense of pride in Black people in these times and with some of the things that I'm witnessing. There is deep shadow work happening and not only around white systems, but the inner workings of the Black mind and how we perceive ourselves. I didn't want to answer this question around support at first, because when you go long periods of time in your life of needing help or support or seeing a solution and feeling like you don't know who to ask or who would even be receptive, um, I think I tend to focus and condition myself to be creative and find solutions and not even, you know, and at times I just, I don't even realize that there's anything to ask for. Um, with figuring things, so many things out um, on my own. And I had to really sit and think about what is worth sharing right now, even if there isn't a specific ask. I want to take a moment to echo my sister, Ashley Jones, on Instagram as Ash Inspires, and in saying that I and we are, are not anti-racist educators. There are qualified folks that are armed with that gift. I choose to use my energy on the front lines of the spirit realm where my ancestors have put me. And, you know, that is my lane. For those that want to help, there are many ways to support the movements and calls for justice right now. Out of all the things I stand by with high priority, the obvious need to fund economic change because there's so much to tackle that I have never wanted to wait on a government for and that the system may not submit to at this time. I only feel called to speak on this after reflecting on the list of initiatives that the Movement for Black Lives has posted. I sat with it and I thought about how needed all of it is, but considered what a, a list like that might declare or express from the perspectives of like the wisdom keepers of ATRs. ATRs, for those who don't know, are African traditional religions, our spiritual practices, philosophies, and cosmologies. I want to acknowledge that ATRs include the forms of root work, hoodoo, conjure, and magical practices that evolved from the consciousness of Black people in America, as well as in the diaspora in response to the systematic oppression against our spiritual traditions. You know, our traditions have many more names and forms that mainstream is not even aware of. Obviously, I I don't speak for all ATRs, nor do I assume to know every Black person's experience, but there's just some things I feel called to re-express and expand on. Because over 90% of the folks we actually work with are Black people, every year of, of our work has involved difficult, complex conversations and emotions around how to make healing more accessible to Black people for all the reasons that are being amplified, highlighted, and made plain for all to realize. There are intentions, thoughts, suggestions, reminders that I feel I can at least voice because if you are not on the inside of this type of work, you may not know. And what needs to be done you know, I just want to add is an answer that will come out of the expressions of many Black minds, not mine alone. 
um, what needs to be done is also already in action for a lot of healers and leaders. The overarching theme of what you know I see and we understand clearly is that Black spirituality in its ancient and evolved forms have been demonized through white systematic oppression. The concept that honoring our ancestors and gods is evil or irrelevant or not sacred um, has resulted in the black conscious, the subconscious mind um, being harmed in complex ways and is what healing helps to repair. Even our relationship with nature has been disconnected or harmed. Um, one of my personal reflections from witnessing like what ancestral healing offers to black people has made me see that our psyches are wired to imagine and receive solutions for ourselves and that magic has just been disrupted by the system oppressively in a, in a number of ways and in, in immense ways. Um, Black people are afraid of their own ancestors. You know, the amount of education that is needed just to get us back to our own practices is a job in itself. Um, we work as like traditional doctors, and I say that often, like we're the spiritual therapists in a way. And when I look at it, our clients are, are, are also case studies, um, whether it's a reading, whether it's a healing session, whether it's an intensive in-person um, retreat, um, whether we're on the phone, these these conversations we tend to keep private to respect the privacy, you know, of people. But I want to just broadly share an aspect of things that I witness as a traditional healer working with Black people and uh, people of color. The ability to to just receive and embrace healing due to the fear of of what holistic means or what approaching things from an ancestral ancestrally based approach, um, that whole evilness, um, it makes it difficult, right? And you would ask, well, why would a black person who thinks that this stuff is evil come in our direction? And the truth is, is that most people at first, especially in crisis, only reach out to a traditional healer when nothing else has worked. And when I see the resistance or the hesitation, it's almost at times been like that old meme image of a man who's like digging, digging, digging for gold. And he's slowly, he's getting more tired and he's, but he's slowly and doesn't see that um, the, there's gold on the other side once he just hits one or two more times, but he's ready to give up. And that whole situation is what we experience and why we have to do so much education just to get people to the ritual or the gold that they can't see yet. Um, and they don't think that this would help them get to. Um, I want to just take a pause to hold space for um, Gogi Kaya to just share some things around this and um, move forward. Speaking on African traditional um spirituality and stigma, um, you know, in American culture, it's much easier for us to uh, digest um, other cultures in developing our spirituality outside of Christianity or um, step into um, other uh, spiritual systems before uh, we actually meet our own. And this is not just to Black America, but it's also to 
all people who are spiritually thirsty in America that are looking for something outside of a religion, so to speak. And um, some of the things that are much easier for us to, to digest is going to Chinese medicine to receive acupuncture, um, which is also a part of African traditional healing. Uh, if we look at our history, are going to do uh, Reiki and learning energy work, which is also a part of African traditional healing in our own way. Or yoga from India, or which is also a part of our African tr- traditional healing modalities when you look at Kemet and or modern day Egypt. Um, so in, in terms of the stigma um, I feel like it's much more difficult for us to embrace um, uh, our culture due to this suppression um, because of what Gogo Tule was just saying. It looks as if it is evil or something different than what the, the universal laws of nature that we all adhere to in indigenous work and practices. And um, people, you know, for example, um, you know, I I have worked with myself, people who are um, of African descent um, and even um, white Americans who have come to say, you know what, I really want you to help me. I need this and this and this, but I don't want to have anything to do with the ancestors. Um, and I have to remind them that that's a part of my work as a Sangoma is to is an ancestral healer. If we can't look at our families, if we can't look at the constructs of what created us, um, look at the constructs of the environment that we now exist in and dismantling some of those ideologies, the histories, the impinged belief, the forceful oppression, then what are we really doing? Um, So we have to now get out of this energy of stigmatizing our own work, our own practices. And it's not, I'm not blaming um, us as people. I'm blaming the system. So I've, I want to share a, a little bit of a story of, of something that I experienced that speaks to um, especially the point about like the Ayurveda and the Chinese medicine and our medicines being on the same level and, and repackaged and prescribed in different ways, you know, it's like there are certain medicines that, you know, we don't even have feel safe enough sharing in this environment for people's health. And, and so when I had an experience with someone who was dealing with some mental health issues and, um, um, some symptoms of like epilepsy, I couldn't just like go to some of our traditional medicines. And I, it was, it's, it's a story that I only bring up because it really transformed my, um, even perception around what can be done and, and what traditional healing is and its many forms. Um, I remember getting just on a video, having, because this person though is, um, lives, is black and lives in America, um, was out of the country at the time. We're on a virtual session in, in video, and they are going through the you know the peaks of 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 these you know the the imbalances within them. And I'm working with them. I'm sending them energy and our our ritualistic and 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 and, and the modalities that we use to the point where I'm you know just moving through that person for hours and um, seeing the trans seeing the energy change. Um, having to help 
cool them down all virtually because, you know, of what we do, of, of all the limitations that we have, but people in crisis and um, having to settle them down and have a family member assist until they were grounded um, and seeing how weeks and months later, they being completely different and health issues just shifted. You know, even though that was a, you know, inspiring story for me, the whole limitations around not being licensed and accessible, not having certificates, pastoral certificates that allow us to be invited into hospitals um, where we're not backed by any church nor valued enough to be fully tithed to no one, you know, you know, some don't even think to come to us for some of the issues like epilepsy due to the lack of visibility in our system and the education around what traditional healing even is. Um, there are a number of things that I could just go on to continue to list about how there's no grants for our type of spiritual studies, um, scholarships for, for further education, you know, it's just all deeply rooted in the fact that this isn't respected and seen um, on the same level. Um, or because it's not packaged a certain way or coming in a certain form, it's not received in our society. I and I think other Black spiritualists have had, just in general, to deal with feeling rejected at times by our own people because of this embracing of ancestral ownership, yet I've always known that the ultimate root of that has just been because of the systematic ways that our love for our own concepts of divinity have been scared out of us. I am not here to take Jesus away from black people, but to support those who have just been traumatized spiritually, health-wise from this society or divinely inspired to reclaim their roots. The second layer or, or next layer that we just want to express is how much we need to reclaim space, um, not just ownership, land, all of that good stuff. You know, when we, you know, one of the realities in which we are living in, I haven't, you know, in, in all of the posts, I've seen so many black owned things um, being mentioned, and I haven't seen a list of black owned retreat centers, healing centers, or temples other than yoga centers, and of course we know already the churches. With all the grief in the air right now, I'm wondering what spaces are healers, meditation teachers, black like black healers, black meditation teachers, black herbalists and acupuncturists and everything else that we are um, ancestrally, so where they're going to host these free services that they want to offer to the black folks right now when quarantine is over. You know, there are so many things that can't be addressed virtually in our work. Um, I could go, I could speak about the system and the stolenness and the repackaging, but our, in terms of spiritual knowledge and wellness, is is my priority to be a part of the solution um, and to get into action. And I, I really just dream for more physical spaces that are easier for people to gather, to do the ancestral work. So much ancestral healing involves access and to, to, to spaces that of rituals and things that need to go down on the land, at the rivers, in the forest, with the privacy to drum as loud as we need to, and et cetera. In editing the podcast, I realized that I didn't necessarily explain um, the unsafeness of sharing certain medicines. There's definitely lots of plants and herbs that we use very freely, um, very gently, and I just wanted 
there are just some medicines and some ways of workings that, you know, without the foundation or the FDA approvals, you know, if the structure um, called us to respond, um, we don't feel safe in the sense of any documents that we can prove to this and that. And, and just the complication of being blamed for things. Um, we know that herbalists, natural herbalists, um, can get easily accused about many different things in the terms of the use of herbs and the, the claims that, that can be made. Um, so I'm allow you to keep listening. And to your second point about ancestral healing, um, there are, you know, Africans in America, African-Americans, Black folk, who need the work. Um, a lot of you know that I deal specifically with mental health challenges um, and having my own experience in the past of, of going through um, the Western medical model and the Western system and not having a way to heal, but coming into African traditional healing and dealing with my ancestors is really what put me on solid ground. And um, this is the kind of work that I also attract. So when there are people, you know, right now I have two people that I'm working with from a distance that really need to get here. They need to spend time. Um, there's nowhere for them to stay for two or three weeks if they need it, um, because I don't have that kind of access to pay for the accommodation fee on the, the land and the space that I rent from. Um, so with that being said, you know, there's there's people, there's a person that's homeless that just came out of being homeless, one who um, has a minimum wage job, um, but really need to get here to do the work. Um, and that's there's no access for them, okay? And what we're saying is that there has to be a way, there has to be something that can connect them to their own indigenous African practices. When we first came here, when some of us first came here, because we know that also the truth that some of us were here before the Atlantic slave trade. But um, when those people, when our ancestors did come over, um, what was taken away? Our drums, our songs, our language. And we here are today are helping people, Black Africans, to reclaim their ancestral wisdom, to reclaim the drums, to reclaim the songs, to reclaim the wisdom and the knowledge, to reclaim the heart of Africa. And um, with this system is in the way that it's built, it's so hard because again, African traditional um, spiritual systems are not highly equal, not uh, relatable, not digestible um, as it is yoga, as it is the other things. And not putting none of, any of those things down because we also begin to use those in our practice. But it's so important that we also put our energy, our prayers, our thoughts, our money, our action towards being able to reclaim our ancestral history and practices. So the last point here is even in the black spiritual community amongst yoga teachers and things of that nature, there's been conversation around um, like new age spirituality and the million dollar wellness industry and how it's fed by appropriation um, and the repackaging of our knowledge. And, re and even we're being resold our own medicines and tools and things. 
And some of the ways that it impacts us directly is that um, even before the the uprising and um, into quarantine, we were discussing different ways to access some of the medicines from Africa because, you know, we're not able to travel at this time. And so researching ways to access medicines um, that we need and having to come to crossroads with um, white-owned businesses and, and, and the feelings of access and um, not being able to, and, and just even the feeling of having to buy it back, um, people that are selling medicines that aren't of their lands um, and things of that nature. I want to overall just say that, you know, we're not interested in long, dry, draining conversations um, that didn't naturally unfold before this uprisings with white people, nor calling out white people um, that we've witnessed as unjust from the white spiritual community by name. Um, I wish for white people to take responsibility for their own self-awareness as a way to not take away time from what I know I'm called to do. Um, there's ancestral work on levels for everyone to do. I want to open it up for Gogo Ikaya to share some things. Yeah, I, I, you know, when you were talking about the repackaging of um, African knowledge, you know, it just made me think of uh, family constellations. And I'm not putting this down at all because I feel like family constellations has been made more digestible for people who are not ready to experience the the African ways or the traditions. Um, and a lot of things in our modern times have been revamped uh, for certain reasons. Um, but from what I know, and I don't know a lot, but I do know that the people who started um, Family Constellations went um, places, including Southern Africa, to study under an African Zulu healer uh, who uh, did these divinatory practices to throw bones. And what uh, Family Constellations is about is awakening those bones or having people stand in the way or the map of that the ancestral bones would fall. And so this was inspired by what? Traditional African healing systems that are have been made for others to come in to to receive healing from it. And um, a friend of mine, um, a, a good friend of mine actually was telling me how they were, how uh, she was born in South Africa, but she went to a family constellation and she kept getting the message, well, whoa, 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 you know, they're not even there's not even an acknowledgement of the ancestors that that supported and make this made this come into fruition. And uh she you know, she was telling me that um the person who was running that course got, you know, kind of offended and upset. Um, that she asked that they do a prayer to the ancestors of where this indigenous wisdom came from. And so, you know, I see that in the repackaging of the wisdom and the knowledge of uh, the African uh, spiritual systems. And I also see it in, um, even in other indigenous places and people of color, you know, with ayahuasca, we, you were just talking about the medicines, right? The herbs. When we say medicines, we're talking about the herbs indigenous to South Africa. Um, herbs and plant medicines, master teachers that are indigenous to South America and how, you know, that energy has been exploited. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's in, in colonized as well, mm -hmm. right? And um, how, you know, some healers, they can't even get to their own medicine, <laughs> you know, um, because there's middlemen or plenty of, uh, or many middlemen um, in order to get their, their things. Or 
the people that are cultivating it want the dollars, right? Mm -hmm. They want the money, so they're going to sell to this person rather than to hand it over to you as an indigenous shaman. Um, And so recently, you know, I had this great um, download and message from my own spirits that, you know, we need an African botanica, (laughs) for instance, we need... Um, uh, you know, this is this thing that I'm working on in getting a, an online or online store here for Americans, Black Americans, to be able to um, get and have a place where they can go to get African medicines from or traditional healers. Um, because what we use a lot of in Pepo and in the Sangoma tradition and other herbs that help us in our work more the more they help us in our work, there are also our master teachers. And um, in looking for these indigenous herbs, um, although I do go to, we normally go to Africa, you know, once like once a year or, or something like this to go pick things up. And then that's also, you know, can be an issue sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, going to look for these things and having to deal with people asking me a ton of questions or not wanting to give me fair prices or, you know, you know, just like you said, buying back something that is not even... You know, it's from the earth, you know, and it, it just it, it it dampened my heart in a sense, you know, that, wow, I can't stock uh, my own medicine cabinet for the people here that that need it. Yeah. Um, and so we're looking for ways to be able to do that. Um, and then there's, you know, um, the the ancestral healing that you were talking about and how everybody needs to do it. And one of the things that I've noticed is that, um, you know, with with people uh, with white America also coming and asking, you know, what can we do? And it's like for me, um, it always goes back to ancestral healing, recognizing that we all need some kind of rebalancing from the history that's taken place. Can we take accountability and ownership for what our ancestors did? You know, my ancestors, some of them great master teachers, amazing shamans, beautiful lineage, healers that come from that. And then there's others that did horrible things, right? And and that's me as an, an African person um, and white people. You have some things in your closet that are not, that you're not really able to, to face or even to be in acceptance of. I have a conversation with even tradition healers um that have uh, that are white um that say but my people didn't do that you know mm-hmm. and if we can't even take responsibility and say okay this is in my history now how do i resolve it or now let me find an ancestral healer somewhere that can help me through these pains and these blockages so that not only i can be well but my children that to come that they can also be well from a spiritual place and a spiritual level and have a foundation that's different from those generations of Jim Crow, from those generations of um, of slavery, from those generations of uh, modern day social and economic oppression, right? Colonialism, like there, we have people that have been involved in all those spaces. And until we can accept and acknowledge and say, yes, I must go back and return. You know, we talk about Sankofa in the African tradition. And for you who all you don't know about it, what it means is um, 
let's go back and return. I have to go back and return to find out who I am, where I came from in order to move forward. And so that's the same for every human on this planet. You have to go back, return to see, be in acceptance and say, okay, this is what I carry. This is also on my shoulders. This energy is living in my solar plexus and it's coming out in fear. And this is why I oppress other people. This is why I'm scared to hear a black person say this, this, and this about something that I necessarily didn't do, but my, my ancestors have done. You can say, yes, I take that, that, that step is one of the most powerful steps in my eyes to be able to confront, Hey, some of these issues on a spiritual level. So that is my answer to you for those that have reached out and said, okay, what can I do? Continue to do your spiritual work. Continue to, to, to heal the trauma in your own lineage. Continue to heal the trauma that was induced on other people that is in your lineage. Like be in acceptance of that. Mourn it. Cry it out. Scream it out. Balance it. Harmonize it. But most of all, be in acceptance of it so that we can all move forward. Thank you. Um, I don't have much to say after that, but I just wanted to add one point about the medicines in there. You know, that even the African medicines are are significant in America because they... We do work with different types of medicines, but the African medicines also are a part of the conversation because they speak to the DNA of black people in America. And we've seen that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an example of that being an African born raised in America. And Gogli Kai is an example of that being a black American born here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How those medicines resonated with her to get her to where she is now. Um, the closing here is is starting off with you know donating to me at this point is really about in, investing and I support every fund for black lives but and also there is no guarantee that any of those of, of some of the mainstream funds will ever trickle down to priests to healers to shamans to rebel spiritual leaders um, of, of, of black people that are approaching this from a black ancestral perspective um, we could have the essence of our own mosques, retreat centers, sanctuaries, monasteries, um, or more of it. And that is our ultimate mission to establish our temples, our botanicas, our apothecaries, and strengthen the ones that um, are here. Because there are many priests here, there are many African traditions here living and spreading in different ways. Um, one of the things about uh, you know, black spirituality ATRs is that when um, a lot of us are backed by a certain aspects of the community um, or spiritual houses and temples um, because of elders. And so interacting with us is also about our elders being able to be taken care of as well. Makosi. Mm-hmm. Because um, they're doing things that none of us even know about that are the answer to our prayers right now. Makos! Um, in general, um, just the reminder that there are industries and sectors of Black communities that may never see the light of the movements being funded. And it's not just about ATRs and the wellness communities. You know, we all have to open our eyes and our mind and continue to look around. Um, we have links in the description to just are the the various things that you can donate to that um I mean our donation buttons that have always been available um 
And we know that money isn't the only way to change. We can redistribute skills um, when a person doesn't know how to create the solutions they see. And we can introduce each other to networks to help um, each other grow. Black people are going to internally process things about how the system has um, affected their relationships to themselves, their families, and the essence of the divine. My only concern is what spaces are going to hold that for them. Uh, one thing that I don't always love about nonprofit and grassroots marketing is that it's like a whole bunch of sob stories and maybe feelings of victimhood in order to prove um, why something is needed. And mm. for that, I just want to clearly state that we have joyful stories. You know, Black people telling me all the time about how grateful this work is, how helpful it is, and the excitement of finally finding something like this. Um, we had at the end of a traditional drum ceremony sitting in the roundhouse here in California, just in the dark at night, gazing at the candles of the altar. And we were done for the day, but nobody wanted to leave and go to sleep. Mm -hmm. The amazing um, stories of seeing things finally get purged and released and the sense of freedom and power that that brings. Um, there are folks who have been tapping to their spirits and ready to go to the next level so that they can be the true warriors of our community. Um, just stories and stories of how meaningful the songs and the drumming that you know we're accessing that feel, gives them the feeling of the homeness of Africa in America. Um, I think about how much I want to be with those people every day. I'm going to let Gogo Ikaya um, just express some closing things as well before, um, you know, we, we leave today. Yeah. And I, I just I thank you for that. You know, it's not about, um, again, telling these sob stories, but we have to be able to highlight and put the lens and focus in on some of the things the disparities that we see within our own um, acceptance of the African traditions. And, um, you know, we're in the healing, not business, but we're in the healing responsibility of healing ancestors um, and helping ancestors to evolve and, and, and reach the undercurrent of pain that they experience by being hung, by being... Uh, drowned hey, by being shot, you know, um, at the hands of an oppressor. Um, and, you know, I've done this work um, with people of all shades and all hues. Um, and, and there's been some fabulous work done. And we just want to continue to do that work. We want to continue to honor um, where we came from and the work and the message and the fruitfulness um, that we experience in our own culture and share that um, with everyone who needs it. And so, um, again, if you would like to support, uh, we have donate buttons, but we also have scholarship uh, program as well. Um, I have a scholarship program for people suffering with mental health um, that need to get here. I, I just expressed a couple of them earlier um, in circumstances and situations. So please, um, check out the link. And if it's not about the finances, do your own ancestral work. So close out. So close out. May everything that is genuinely for black liberation get fully funded. May wealth truly redistribute. And may our healing and wellness be amongst the priority. So Thank you for listen listening. So close out. So close out.
Markus.